Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Hello and welcome to Inconceivable. I'm William. I'm Alex. I'm Kyle. And yes, that is correct. That is a new voice you're hearing. No, he's not replacing Wesley. He's just sitting in his chair for this episode because he is our first guest. Woo! Yay! Yay! <laughs> how dare you sit? How dare you sit where he sat? <laughs> you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> Smell like steak and cheese. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. We are inconceivable, and today we are smashing, because I'm going to talk about Smash Brothers, as it's just been announced as of this Thursday. Why are you talking like that? I got stuck in the the Wild Thornberries thing. 10 out of 10 transition. (laughs) Big fan of that. Wow. Um, But yeah, so Smash Brothers, um, me personally... I've played Smash Brothers in local tournaments. I'm not saying I'm any good at it, but what I have nerd. played in local tournaments. What a nerd. So I do know more than just the casual side of um, all the S- Smash Bros and stuff like that. You've played with us on a total casual. I'm very, very <laughs> casual. You guys have played all the time, and I'd actually get bored because I'm just like, I want to do something else, please. Uh, it'd be fun, though, because we used to have the, the Wii U one, so we would have... It would, that was so cool because we would have GameCube controllers going, we would have Wii controllers going, we'd have the, the gamepad going, we'd have the 3DSs going. So you'd play up to eight player, but you'd have like five different types of controllers. Like it was kind of crazy. It was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I see that set up at cons a lot when it was back in the heyday. So it was really interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in the game. Yeah, in the game rooms a lot. You'll game see rooms, people yeah. just using like totally different controllers. It's yeah. really cool that they play games at cons, and while I'd want to play a game, I don't want to actually wait. To just like for someone to finish, I don't know when they would finish exactly. It depends on the game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, in Nintendo Direct, they announced a bunch of games that I don't really care about. That's that's a lie. I just, in comparison, I only care about Smash, as does many other people. Okay. Um, and the thing is, is that a lot of people are speculating because this was very much a teaser. It opened up like it was a new Splatoon game because you see the characters and they're fighting. However. Then it does the dramatic turn, and you just see flames in the one of the Splatoon Inklings' eyes, and it's the Smash logo, and so everyone see, freaks that's out. That's interesting. I didn't know they got M. Night Shyamalan to direct that. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> so they they show the logo, and then you see all the characters with the fire behind them, and they're like dark, uh, like all dark, and you can see you mean the silhouettes. Yeah, silhouettes. That's okay. the word I'm looking for. And you see um, Link. And you see, I'm gonna say Mario. I'm gonna say Mario. You see Mario and Link, and Link looking like his uh, Breath of the Wild version. So, in Smash Bros. In Smash Bros. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
Being the br brand new game. Um, Hot new thing. Yeah. So, obviously, no big surprise that they're incorporating Splatoon in Smash Bros. It's like an obvious... like For inclusion. someone who doesn't really play Smash Bros., what is Splatoon? So, Splatoon has nothing to do with Smash Bros., but the whole point of Smash Bros. is that Nintendo likes taking all of their... Uh, gaming properties, and sometimes even not their own exclusive gaming properties. Shoutouts to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. <laughs> and they will put them all on one stage to fight to the death. So... Whoa, whoa. They get knocked out. They don't, knocked yeah, they don't yeah. die. Mm, yeah. They don't die. They, they, like, like they, Pokemon, they just get they knocked out. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there is no death in Smash yeah. this, No, this is a very PG <laughs> game. Let's yeah. play this, yeah, alright? Yeah, yeah. But... It's so not like, it's not like like Star Wars where they chop yeah, people. No, <laughs> it's dark, man. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then uh, so Splatoon is a a newer game where it's like like a PG shooter where basically your goal is to by the end of the match have the most of the map co uh, covered in your team's ink. PG so, shooter. PG. So it's like there's no kill. Just the, we were just talking about. There's so no like killing. instead of like so rated T. I guess. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm so like, it's very much like a shooter. Yes, but instead of you know actual guns, they use like paint guns. Are we still talking about Smash Bros? No, this yeah, is Splatoon. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, Splatoon. So Splatoon. Okay. So Splatoon yeah. is Nintendo's like newest like IP. It's oh. a game that they made. Yeah. And it was okay. a huge hit on the Wii U. Yes. For Kamo. Okay. So the Wii U. That yeah. was that was like the. I could be. I'm prob. I'm almost definitely wrong. But th to me, from the outside looking in, that was the big IP like the only big new IP to come out of the Wii U yeah. like definitely like gave the Wii U a reason to buy a Wii U because like, yeah. it's, it's that good and is it yeah. weird that it wow. wasn't like a surprise like they built it up to be the next big like everybody knew it was going to be a hit when they were like I mean okay so if you like read it on paper it sounds ridiculous like oh you play as an anthropomorphic yeah. squid girl that <laughs> inks everywhere and the more ink you have of your color you win that just sounds weird that's very awesome. very Japanese, <laughs> very Japanese, but but, yeah. but then it, 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 it yeah it was a huge hit. So you know what, great uh, props to Nintendo, and I'm glad they're incorporating such an like, iconic figures to yeah. Smash Bros. Yeah. So all I can think of is uh, Finding Nemo when they they hit the the Squid Girl. She's uh, like, oh, you guys made me ink. ink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. But they but so yeah they show the silhouettes, and then after that it literally just cuts there. So. And they don't specify a new trailer. They just basically say Super Smash Bros. S like coming to the Nint Nintendo Switch. Okay. Now, which seems fine and dandy. However, some people are wondering: Is this a new game or is this a port from the Wii U to the Switch? Which is concerning to some people. We want to see a new game. We don't want to see a port. We've never gotten a port of Smash Bros. before. With the last one, they technically made two slightly different variations of the game for the 3DS and for the Wii U. And if I remember correctly, it was actually released on the 3DS before it was on the Wii U by a few weeks, if I remember correctly. Sure, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure certain because I remember everybody was still playing... Um, because as we look in the history of Smash Brothers games, um, Melee was such a hit, and that's the one that became like the tournament game. And so crazy because that game is so fast that if you like look up a YouTube video of like masters playing melee, you can't figure out what's going on because they're moving so fast across the screen. And then if you look at the most recent Smash, it's much slower, it's much more floaty. So it's kind of interesting how the fighting style actually changes. But Brawl 
being the Wii edition of the game was actually so much rejected from the gaming community that they modded the game. So Project M, yeah, yeah, Project yeah. M, yeah. and so you didn't play Brawl in tournaments. You played Project M in tournaments. Yeah, and they the same company made mods for the other games, but no one really cared because they were fine with the games as is. Yeah, and it was a pain in the butt to mod the game. In fact, I think the the Wii also happened to be specifically easy to mod because you could just put SD cards in it. So that ended up ironically syncing up well. So like I don't think you can mod a Wii U very easily easily at all or a GameCube for that matter. That's so. a, a subject area I'm not comfortable talking about. It's <laughs> on a podcast. We don't we don't want to talk about yeah. my dark side. No. <laughs> um hacker man. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd be very disappointed if this was just a port. Would you, though? I mean, did you hate the Wii U version of the game? No, I didn't. Wait, but do you have a Switch? No, but I want one. <laughs> and, being, and there being a new Smash game on Switch would be a very big reason to get one. And I'm sure for many people... That's the only reason why I got a Wii U, is because of... Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the IP, Nintendo IPs sell consoles and handheld. <laughs> they really freaking do. Yeah, that's so. why. That's why so many Switches sold right off the bat with like no games because you had a new freaking Zelda game. Yeah. to play. So. But no, like, like you asked the question. Like, did you hate uh, the Wii U version of Smash Brothers? Some people did. I personally really liked it. I liked the slower pace because melee is just too much to me. Right. I don't. Have, I, I wish you talked about. Or I wish you brought the numbers, but like. Well, the numbers of um, game units sold of the Wii U version of Smash Bros. versus numbers of, say, Brawl. Because, like, you have to realize, the reason why Brawl was probably, as you said earlier, was from a competitive standpoint, it was a lot more exciting, it was more competitive, there's something called wave dashing, which I don't even want to get into. Right. But from a competitive aspect, yeah, it's, that's amazing. But you have to realize, a very small percentage of people play competitive Smash Brothers. It's very it's much true. a casual, it's, like, if you want to, as a businessman, if you want to sell units, you appeal to the wider audience, the casual people. So if I walked up to Joe Schmo and say, hey, do you know Wave Dashing Super Smash Brothers Brawl? It's not going to be in there. Would you be turned off about that? Because you have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm. So you have to realize, if there is a port, if it's sold well on the Wii U, you know it's going to sell better on the Switch because, well, the Switch is obviously more successful than the Wii U. Mm -hmm. That being said, I do have an asterisk to add to that because I just looked up the sales. So... The first, very first Smash Brothers game on Nintendo 64 sold um, 5.55 million copies uh, worldwide. The game, uh, the GameCube Melee, which is for most people the definitive version of Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sold 7.4 million okay. copies. Smash Brothers Brawl sold 13.25 million copies. The now here, here's the, here's the real funny. So, you want to guess how much the Wii U one sold? How many copies the Wii one? I'd say half of the thirteen, so seven. Worse, it's worse. five point three million copies. So actually, it is Smash Bros. Four, as people call it, but it's really Smash Bros. Wii U. It's the least selling game. In fact, the 3DS version of Super Smash Bros. sold 9.1 million copies. So even the 3DS version outsold its Wii U. I mean, that's a lot of factors like to like go into that. It's a lot, a lot of variables, I should say. But my point still stands. Uh, from a business standpoint, like I would rather port a game because it's easier to do. Because 
if you remember, like they kept adding DLC characters to the Wii U. It's, true. it's super easy to do that. The amiibos. It was very, it was very modular, is what I want to say. Yeah, yeah so, I freaking love the amiibos, and yeah. I don't know what. I feel like they had to incorporate it in the Switch, right? There's no way they would throw away. I, f- I feel really bad for not knowing whether amiibos work on the Switch or not, because I feel like this should be. A... It probably does. I mean, yeah. the, the, the amiibos, like, print money for Nintendo. Yeah. So, yeah. Because they were. Because that's what. Smash Bros. is what brought Amiibos to light because yeah. you could put in all these characters. I, mean, I don't even play. I'm not a huge Nintendo fan. I don't even play it, but I want an, a Cloud Amiibo because I'm a huge Final Fantasy fanboy. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, they're so genius. Like it was such a brilliant marketing move because one, they're collectible. Two, they're really fun to have. And three, they have the practical aspect of they do things in your game. So yeah, you can get your favorite character and like train them and stuff like that. Um, but it's really cool because it's like. So you'd get your amiibo, right? And you put it on your game, and it would start out as a level zero. And then to train it, you would fight it. And then would learn your fighting moves to get better. Hmm. So then you could theoretically train your amiibo and like have it verse someone else's trained amiibo. Yeah. And I thought that was like so freaking cool. It's you know? it's cool, and it's not a it's not a new concept. Like Skylanders, shout out to Skylanders. True, before, they're the real so, yeah the, the OG people. yeah yeah. So speaking of which, um. What's the the PlayStation one? Um, Infinity, yeah, Disney Infinity. That's uh, Skyliners is the only remaining um, type of game that does that anymore, because yeah. uh, you had a bunch of them. Because just like anything in video games, yeah, you have that one anomaly that makes it big, and then everybody wants a piece of the pie, and then just no one else can match it. Yeah, I think the rare exception actually being for uh, Rock Band, because Guitar Hero was the first one, and I think the reason why. Um, uh, Rock Band won out in the end is because it's made by the people who originally made Guitar Hero as everybody left that company to form um, Rock Band. True. So I feel like that's the one where where the first one didn't end up being the definitive um, one, but usually in the video game culture when it comes to fads, the first one is the winning thing, you know. Sure. Well, let's get back to Smash Bros. Anything you want to add about that topic? Um... Yeah, so I think. What do you think? Like, I think uh, a good thing to ask is what are the characters you think they'll put in? Because obviously, the Splatoon, that was like super obvious. But what else directly from Nintendo? But obviously, it's not um, limited to Nintendo because, like, they added Final Fantasy. Yeah, so, like, obviously, uh, I'm a huge Sony and Final Fantasy fanboy. And the fact that they got Cloud Strife, which is like the post child of Final Fantasy VII, if not all Final Fantasies, Mm. arguable, I know, but. He's pretty popular, uh, but they got him, and which he has no way affiliated with Nintendo like at all. But, right, like, they got him. They had lots of like Final Fantasy on Nintendo OG, but like yeah. it's it's still isn't their exclusive rights. Yeah. I think Nintendo sure is buddy buddy with Square Enix, but yeah. whatever. But like, but the fact that they got someone that's not an, an exclusive Nintendo IP, meaning they they're completely yeah. willing to branch out. I mean, they so. got Ryu from Street Fighter, yes, which I'm a huge fan of. Like, holy yeah. crap! So. My prediction is that I think they're going to grab someone from Tekken. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they got someone from Street Fighter, there's no reason why they can't get something someone from Tekken. Yeah. Like, that'd be really freaking cool. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's a million characters to pull from that. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that I'd like to see as far as new characters go. I mean, if you're asking me personally, I want more Final Fantasy characters. No more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would love to play as a Moogle. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I mean, it, would, it would never happen, but I would totally do it. Yeah. yeah. I I would love 
I would die to see Crash Bandicoot in it, even though that'll never happen. Of course, it crashes with another brawl game, the Superstar All Stars for the Sony. Yeah, they've got their which, in my opinion, wasn't half bad. But of course, just just like we're talking about, too little, too late. Yeah, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, PlayStation has seemingly always played second fiddle to Nintendo when it comes to fads. (laughs) Arguable, but sure. (laughs) But yeah, so obviously I'm not a huge Smash player and you know Alex isn't either. I don't, but yeah, I don't but like, anything. I would like to you to weigh in. Like, what character would you want to see in Smash? Well, the thing is, like, I don't play Smash a lot, and I'm not <laughs> okay, a big so gamer in let me, general. Let me so. let me let me phrase it this one differently. In a mega battle arena of like the biggest crossover episode in the world, <laughs> what character would you want to play as to beat up all the other characters? Mm, wow! Like, you know the fight. Like, oh, who's better to fight, Goku or Superman? <laughs> like, one of those scenarios. Like, who? What character would you want to play as? To just beat up everyone. Out of, else. like, all the characters ever in the world? Yes, because, like, <laughs> wow. at, this po- as, at this point, for you, for the easy Sky's Limit, who do you want to play as to fight? I don't know. Maybe Yang. I'd maybe, like... Dude. Uh, Shout-outs to um, the new game, uh, Cross Tag Battle. Yeah. Because uh, they just announced a full Ruby cast of that fucking they, game. They, the full Ruby cast Full now? Ruby cast. Yes. yes. So, yeah, shout-outs to Cross Team Battle. Cross Team Battle, yeah. This is literally my reaction yeah. to the first time hearing yeah. it. Yeah. I'm so excited, because yeah. they announced Ruby, and then they announced Weiss? Yep, Ruby, Weiss, and then... Um, just, screw it! Put on the whole cast yeah. at this point. We got half the girls. Then they got Blake on there, and then at the end they teased Yang, so I'm like, cool. Yeah, so... Nope. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that Nintendo's really hold true to, is that they're all video game origin characters. So, yeah. um... But that's so I like. I freaking love that they that Ruby has entered the fighting scene because if there's like well, so the fun the fun story behind that is uh the the people that are made the new Dragon Ball Z Fighters game, which is mm. like Swiffering the Nation, by the way, <laughs> big fan, um because uh, as you know, fighting games, at least anime fighting games, such as um, Dragon Ball Z Fighters, uh, Under Night in Birth, um, Cross Team Tag Battle, those anime fighters, like if you take away the anime, like the the guts of it. Um, is a very technical, highly fast-paced, and genuinely quite fun-to-watch fighting games. Mm. But it hasn't hit mainstream fighting games at big competitions such as EVO. You know EVO, right? Yeah. It's like the premier fighting game national tournament where like, people yeah. from all the world go to. Okay. Um, That's the big one, like... Yeah, the big one. Because I said I, I, I played... Um, competitive Smash, yeah. Competitive Smash, yeah. but I wasn't very good at that. However, yeah. what I was at least decent at was competitive Street Fighter. Yes. And EVO's a big deal at Street yeah, Fighter. Yeah, so every... every, every, every fighting game player who's worth assault knows Evo. Yeah. Anyway, at Evo, there weren't that many anime fighters that at least were like broadcasted that were main focus because unfortunately it, uh, back then anime was like, ooh, anime, that's weird. That's, I don't want to see a fighting game. I want to see Mario beat Luigi. I don't want to see, you know, like Sasuke fight Naruto. You know, like <laughs> stuff like that. But now that Dragon Ball Z fighters, everyone, lo- everyone knows Dragon Ball Z. Everyone loves DBZ and it's so popular right now. Meaning, that these anime fighters are now going to be in the front stage of EVO. In fact, they announced that DBZ Fighters is going to be one of the highlights of this year's EVO. Mm. So it's, this might be the first EVO I'm going to watch like religiously because like the game looks beautiful. But going back on the cross-team tag battle, um, when Ruby was first being made, Arc Systems, which is the people that made DBZ Fighters, contacted Rooster Teeth saying, hey, we'd love to make a Ruby fighting game. And then Rooster Teeth was like all over that. Uh, so then on the Ruby subreddit, People were like saying, like, oh, when's this gonna happen? When's this gonna happen? Then Cross Team Tag Battle happened, which Cross Team Tag, I'm probably butchering this name, but you know, I apologize to the viewers. <laughs> but 
It's like a mashup of all Arc System games into one game. Mm -hmm. So it's like their version of Super Smash Bros. where like all the four games that they made are now one giant game crossover, hence the name. Right. And they included Ruby, and which by the way has the original voice, at least the Japanese voice cast. So oh, okay. If, so if you have not heard the the Japanese uh, dub, it sounds weird. The Japanese dub, yeah. Ruby, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll have the turns tabled. Uh, if you see the heard the Japanese dub, it's phenomenal. You hear and them because yeah. they get they got big names to do yes. characters. Yes, so. uh, they got the original voice actor of Yuko from Kill a Kill to voice Yang, which is perfect. Wow. Yeah, so hot shot name actors, voice actors. Uh, yeah, but so to get them also for the games, also impressive. So yes, just yeah. big yeah. round of applause for everybody around that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really have anything else to add to say about Smash specifically, other than me personally, I really wouldn't... Because Nintendo, I love seeing all the new stuff. Like, Nintendo's great about like coming up with stuff that we didn't know that we wanted. Amiibos. Nobody asked for Amiibos, but now that we have them, we can't get enough of them. Like, Amiibos came out, like, what? Three, four years ago? And, like, people are more obsessed with them now than they ever have been, like, as Every, a collectible. Everyone loves collectibles. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, all those Good job, fans, Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want them to see. I don't want to see a port because not because I wouldn't be satisfied, but because that would mean that we would miss out on the chance of seeing something special. Sure. You know? So, and that's what I want. You know, that's what Nintendo's really good at. They're coming really good at coming up with unique things, and I, I want to see them do that. You know. Yeah. So. Okay. Get on that, Nintendo. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nintendo make cool stuff. <laughs> uh, so who's going next? Because I thought I was originally yeah, going to go first. And I, then you went I, and I got a little excited with the smashing and decided to use that as a transition. That's my fault entirely. I apologize. Yeah. I'll, I'll take responsibility for that. I'm thrown off yeah. now. Yeah. But <laughs> it's interesting that you should talk about video games because Ooh. let's flip Gary. Because I'm going to be talking about... You named your thing Gary? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, wow. we did. Now I know. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I just know. Nope. you got to flip nice Gary thing. every time. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Continue. So, yeah, so I'm going to be talking about Ready Player One. The Woo! book, the movie, the story, the legend. <laughs> legend 27. <laughs> so, so Kyle and I read the book, and the movie is coming out in a couple weeks. So it's coming out... Um, March 30th. 29th. Actually. 29th, okay. Yeah. So I really want to see that because this book, I read it last year, and it is very, very interesting and very good. And I know that the movie will not be as good, obviously. <laughs> but how do you know? How do you know that? You haven't watched it. It's edited. I watched the trailer. It's not all like the book, which is right. Because I mean, when I read the book, all the gifts in the book were like, "This is not like the movie at all." <laughs> no, I was like watching. I'm like, "That's that. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen." That's how I am with movie, like book adaptations, like the movies. Basically, it's reasonable to assume that this. I is... can see, <laughs> but it looks. Uh, I'm excited because Steven Spielberg is directing it. Yes, he is. And also, it is not a video game movie. It is a '80s callback movie. It's an '80s callback mo uh, yeah. movie about a person. Okay, so basically, what the premise is? <laughs> spoilers uh, incoming, I guess. Spoilers, light spoilers, but not too much because Will hasn't read the book yeah. or seen the yeah, movie yet. Yeah. I am um, excited to see the movie, though. I will say that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I just bought the book today because I'm rereading it. Um, so basically, the story is uh, a person called James Halliday, who was like a like a really big nerd in the '80s. He he grows up to be this uh, millionaire, and he basically creates this virtual reality video game called The Oasis, mm. where you're able to play any character you want to, or you're able to make your own avatar, and you can go to pretty much any world or create any worlds in the Oasis. So there's like thousands of virtual worlds 
There can be Star Wars worlds, there can be Star Trek, there can be Lord of the Rings, there can be Dungeons and Dragons, all this stuff. So he's opened up an entire virtual reality for people, and the like. The world is basically going to crap at this point, so people escape from the crappy worlds mm. into the oasis. That's the that's the place they go to live there to enjoy themselves. Right. One could argue it's like that today, but that's I not, guess that's so. Whole we, that's whole I was saying like continue, but the, the this, whole plot the, of this seems so, very realistic. Yeah. yeah like, oh, oh, dude. Yeah. Relatable. Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy relatable. because like we have virtual reality video games right now. Yeah. Or VR. VR. It is actually but, here to stay this time. Like yeah. I think everybody can agree that. There's been enough things because to it's on the stick. internet, I think, and also because we have more time to actually like. You yeah, know. and we actually have decent games for it because. That's yeah. what to but, focus. But yeah. to, that's why I up again. But like to really like, I don't want to underplay what Alex on, but the Oasis is so cool and important. It's essentially replaced our internet. It is the new internet. Like, yeah, everyone like, uses people it. literally go there to do school, yeah. to do everything basically. Shopping, they do jobs, real estate. They job. have yeah. currency inside the Oasis that is worth more than the, any currency, currency yeah. in the real world. Yeah. So it sounds like to me a big part of this movie's success is going to be very crucial on its world building. Yeah, it's, so it, like we it's watched, like a dystopian, utopian world. Right, so basically. we watched like Black Panther knowing about, like I love the idea about a this amazing, almost like Aztec-like society in a third world country that we'd never heard of. And that was really cool learning about that and they did a great job world building of that. Yeah, they need to do something similar here, where they really need to take the time to really let our feet get wet. Unfortunately, well, with uh, with TV shows and movies, if you can do it right, world building is one of the most interesting things for me to watch personally because I love to see how it works and how it's like yeah. all how all of it connects together. And um, this one is great because they keep adding on to the Oasis. They're able to build more stuff and. Basically, it's it's the next generation too. So, like people in the twenty first century, like kids, they're basically all learning all this stuff, and they're, they know about coding, they know about mm. like just video games in general. Like they're really smart kids. Um, and basically, to to sum up, James Halliday, spoiler alert, he he dies, um, and he leaves in his last will and testament that he has left an Easter egg in the Oasis. Whoever gets that Easter egg and is able to follow the clues... They say that trailer, by the way. That's not really a spoiler. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So he left an Easter egg, and if you follow the trail, and if you're able to uh, basically fulfill the quest that he has um, made, then uh, they will... The person will inherit his entire fortune, basically, Mm. including the rights to the Oasis. So everyone is going after this, including large corporations, who, like, if they get chart and control of the Oasis... They control basically people's lives, yep. and they could charge for it too a lot. Yeah. So people don't want that to happen. Um, and also, so you're saying that the net neutrality laws are basically being abolished? <laughs> oh my gosh, this movie is like from the future. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So this movie takes place in 2044, which honestly we might we will probably be there by then mm. with uh, our uh, technology. I believe our it. VR. 20, 2044. That's actually a realistic time. Some, too many movies we see, this will happen in 10 years. Like, it's not going to be that bad. But 2044, you will say Blade Runner 2049. I'm like, listen, it was like 30 years prior to that. The, I mean, Blade, the first Blade I, Runner happened. Yeah. Where's all that crap? Let's not forget the Jetsons. The uh, Jetsons were no, set no, no, in no, no. Let's not forget Back, Back to, to the, the future. future. Yes. Come on. We survived, or we Look. lived to see October 15th, like, 2005. Back to the yeah. Future was still more... Yeah, yeah. Back to the Future was still more close to reality than the Jetsons were. Where's my hoverboard? 
Where are my yeah. sneakers that but the still Jetsons, placing the, yeah, yeah. the Jetsons has freaking flying cars yeah. and robots who did all your They have flying cars in Back to the Future. Yes. Okay, well And they also had holograms too. We don't have that really as much. Not as the one we not, not as good yeah. as that fake shark. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Three D. Shout outs to Back to the Future. Yeah. But yeah, this is gonna this movie is and like the story is amazing because it had it calls back to all the eighties nostalgia and like just a bunch of stuff like Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, Dungeons and Dragons, um even music. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I can't for, wait. I, I'm all it is for a baller soundtrack. I don't. I, like, well, first of all, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. No, no it's, it's, it's your topic. Keep going, dude. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but the last few years, including Stranger Things, is basically turning into a callback to the '80s, or just 80s. A, a callback to not this generation or this yeah. uh, this time. And I actually like it because I wasn't born in the '80s, but I love that do crap you, now. Do you think in the mid to late? 2020s, we'll see a big callback to the 90s. I mean, everyone does the whole meme of like, oh, you're a 90s kid if X, Y, and Z. So, yeah, it's possible. I was born in the late 90s, so I don't even remember it. But then again, I was homeschooled, so I kind of have a lot of that 90s stuff on me because we're a generation behind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I watched DuckTales. It was cool. Um, but also... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but with the movie... What's interesting is that they're actually incorporating stuff from uh, stuff like nowadays. Like they have, um, like if you watch the trailer, they actually have um, Tracer from I didn't see Overwatch that. Yeah. in the trailer. Yeah, that, like yeah. you see her, you see people like you see Spartans from Halo. The Spartan weapons, yeah. I know, yeah. and also Spartans. You actually see a bunch of Spartans running in yeah. one of the battle scenes. See, that's and a warthog. I yeah. am very happy. That's a change that I'm okay with because it only makes it seem more realistic. Well, oh, you, no. you get you got to appeal to people of the current generation, not just people who love the 80s. Right. Yeah. And, but then again, if with the world building, if you're trying to make it more believable, those are two franchises that we know are They're never huge. going to be forgotten. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. I'm honestly surprised. I'm wondering how how were they able to get the rights to have That's these why, characters? So they actually te- they actually teased this movie like ten ish years ago. The reason why it took so long is because they had to take so long to get these rights. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been I've been excited for this movie since like forever. This yeah. whole, the book came out seven years ago. It was, it was exaggeration, but thank okay. you for calling me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good grief! I'm sure research. Been, yeah. I'm sure as soon as the book came ago. out, they've been. Uh, working on making a movie adaptation of it that would not surprise me at all yeah it took so long like there's so like even the book alone there's so many references that they had to get the rights to like so they've got Batman they've got Back to the Future they have Star Wars they have uh, Spartans um, not just like movies like music like a huge component of the trailer was Rush huge Rush fan but yeah well it was also um Willy Wonka Willy Wonka yeah yeah they got that for Thor so you know whatever (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was a weird scene. I love that. Shout out to Thor because that's also a huge '80s callback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, a, another one to add to that. But now, I don't know if that one's following trend or if it's following Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I mean, because well, Star Lord is a huge '80s fan as well. So yeah, yeah. But I think, getting off topic, please. Like, Ready Player One, please continue. Yeah. Uh, what do you, What do you think of the story, and what are you looking forward to? Oh, is anything you want to talk about, or? Well, no, I'm talking about it, but I'm also talk, like asking you, like okay, as yeah, well, yeah. like I'm interacting with you guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna talk so about this. What, so what? What? What's your question? Sorry. <laughs> so, so what do you like about the story? Um, what do you hope to have happen, and are you worried about anything? Okay, that sure, they sure, sure. The movie? So, um, number, number one is uh, I'm always 
apprehensive when there's a movie I'm hyped for, but mm. until I see the director's name. And the fact that Steven Spielberg, sure, he has he had some flops, but like overall, people know Steven Spielberg. He's a big name. He'll get butts in seats. So I'm excited mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. His resume is really good. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, so that's one. Uh, two is that as a, the book reader as well, like I loved the book and the fact that they made a movie of it, I'm agreeing. I'm gonna agree with you guys. Like, unfortunately, movies never lives up to the book form. Right. You know, the whole adage of, oh, the manga was better. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the novel was better, obviously, because more detail. Mm-hmm. That being said, the reason I loved Ready Player One, the uh, the book, is because, like, all these cool, like, all these cool references, all these cool media franchises mm-hmm. were just mashed. It's just giant, amazing amalgamation. Yeah. It's and, an experience. Yeah. Like, it's like the coolest crossover episode ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's done, in my opinion, relatively well. So, I'm excited for the movie, not for like its originality if that makes sense it's the fact that I get to see someone wielding a Spartan laser fighting like a giant mecha or from from, kick, from Gundam Wing you know that's <laughs> what I'm excited for like like I said like, like earlier like the whole who would win in a fight Superman or Goku like I get to see that happen on screen yeah like I'm excited for that there there's spoiler, there's gonna be Gundams in this movie I'm a huge Gundam fan so like not not just 80s like American stuff 80s like Japanese stuff too, so yeah. like I'm, I'm cool ex- stuff. Like I'm that. excited to see the Iron Giant back on. Screen. Yes, Iron Giant. Yeah, that's, Dude, that's, that's a there. classic. Classic. Yeah, tearjerkers. Great. <sighs> but like, I, I'm gonna um, argue against your point. Like seeing the whole like, I want to see you know original world building stuff. Like, I'm like no, no, no. I want to see like just I want to see two and a half hours just fan service. <laughs> that's why I'm excited. <laughs> You're for not movie. wrong. Yeah, fan service. Yeah. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see when we say fan service, like we're talking about all the callbacks to stuff that we love. Sure. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's your what you're talking about. Could, yeah. you, okay. could yeah. you be angry if if all of it was was fan service and, he, and the movie was over? Be like, wait a minute, there was no plot. I want to say what I, t- I tell people when I watch Pacific Rim. I didn't go into Pacific Rim expecting mm. a good story. I expected to seeing amazing robots fighting kaiju. That's exactly what I got. Yes. I, it was point. an amazing story, but uh, yeah, it was definitely very exciting. And I actually talked about that in a previous podcast. I listened to it, but yeah, no, yeah. 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 Uh, but yes, uh, that's that's why I want what I want from this movie. I just want. Two and a half hours of fan service. If I get that, great. And from the trailer alone, made me super happy because it played the Rush album in the, in the background. It was a like Tom Sawyer, I believe, one of my favorite Rush songs. <laughs> yeah. Then like all these cool throwbacks and the fact that Steven Spielberg is directing it, it's great. I'm I am very optimistic for this movie. Damn. I hope it does it justice. Yeah. I think it's. I'm still wondering if um, if. So basically, something that we've heard recently is like people are uh, taking um, books and then hopefully they're going to turn it into TV adaptations, TV shows. Sure. So that's going to possibly happen with Lord of the Rings. We're not sure yet. Yes, um, the so whole Amazon no, thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's officially happening. I'm so excited for that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, and I think I believe the um, like Gandalf. I'm a guy blanking on his name right now. Ian McKellen. <laughs> yes, is going to reprise his role. Like if, if he's really? so old. No, I don't think so. I want, I want more Gandalf, dude. I want more Gandalf. I don't even care. Yeah. That's yeah. that's huge. Like he is. He didn't say he was like I'm be willing to consider. He said basically oh, he didn't okay. say I'm going to do it. He didn't say that. No, he was like yeah, yeah, I don't cool, know if he'd yeah. survive that again. But. Uh, what I'm thinking is, would it is it better to have uh, book adaptations into TV shows as a, uh, opposed to movies? Because then you'd be able to have more time to make the story good and point, actually. Good point. Ten years know, ago, 
No. Now? Yes. Yeah, well, ten years ago. Because ten years ago, high-production TV shows didn't exist. Nope. Because, like, when did Netflix come out? Like... Wait, we're talking about... Wait, what kind of Netflix are you talking about? Are you talking about DVD Netflix, or are you talking about Netflix originals? Live Netflix stream. as a whole so even so like DVDs I feel like it's around the 10 years I remember now. when they're doing the whole like Netflix it's that easy thing on the radio but, but what I'm saying is that like Netflix I don't of, think they're producing anything of their own no and I'm not talking about Netflix as a producing company but I feel like I remember Netflix playing a part of ushering in more people wanting uh, better content for TV because now it was TV and movies became more of the same like you so so basically what I'm trying to say is that Netflix made watching movies more accessible like TV was I think TV what, was for like the casual watcher if you're watching a movie that's something that you got set up you know you go to the store you'd like select your menu. but once it was on demand then it's like you could watch TV or you could watch a movie. It's the same amount of effort now. So okay. once basically um, that those two things, the gap kind of narrowed. Then I think I think the first really high production um, TV show that comes to mind of our age, at least, um, is Walking Dead. Um, Possibly because Game of Thrones I think was a year after that. If was Walking Dead like streamable from like day one? I don't know about streamable because it was. It's always been from AMC, right? Yeah, yeah. I know that they have a streaming platform. I know they had it for a while. Whether that was bumbled with it off the bat. So basically, if I if I'm hearing you correctly, are you talking about how higher budget things would be with with movies because people would go to the store and they'd pick that out as opposed to TV shows that were basically just being on channels well i'm saying such. without they weren't as easy ac- right. to access without the on demand that we have for tv shows now we wouldn't see these high production tv shows if it okay. was only yeah. on cable that. we would never hmm. my argument is i could be wrong but my argument is is that if tv never made the trans trans uh, transition to on demand we would never see any of these really high quality no, i TV agree shows. and to, I, I see to, that yeah to add on to that i would think what to really build on what we're saying a more simplified way of saying is that we're we are now the internet generation. Yeah. Like I consider one of my daily like absolute necessities is good Wi-Fi or good internet. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, like I would rather have good internet than a roof over my head. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> That's rough, buddy. Obviously hyperbole, but <laughs> that being said, I think what I was trying to say is like the when streaming became much more pun intended mainstream <laughs> then yeah that's Appreciate yeah that's when we got these high production things I would agree because it cuts that middleman like, yeah. you don't need to get oh, rights yeah. you don't need to like contact like I can't like, commercials yeah, like, yeah the commercial, the commercials free you don't have to contact like these giant productions like oh hey uh, I have this great idea can you like show it on your television series like, yeah. well charge me half of what you're making like they don't have to do that like, it's just like Netflix is like hey you gotta we get, we're making your own show we're producing it here it is. Yeah. Boom. Because, yeah, because, yeah, we've had things like HBO yeah. on TV where they'd show just movies. but I, and, and then you'd always have movies air on TV. But for some reason, it always felt kind of, especially with commercials. <laughs> because that, that was the big jarring thing. You'd watch yeah, a it's movie. Not made, like, a lot of TV shows are made so with um, the... Like with the knowledge that there's going to be ads, so they're going to stop at a certain point and then. Start and sometimes on. they would cut out stuff too, 
And I think for me, I don't know, if back in the day when you watched mainly cable... I didn't have if, cable back in the day, so if I was you ever good. Watched, for me, at least, if you ever watched a movie on cable, it was always a much more casual setting. Like, it didn't, like, when you go to sit down, like, a proper movie with people, um, usually, like, it's a bigger setup. But if you just happen to be watching on a cable, that was like, oh, this happens to be on. I'm just kind of casually watching it while I'm doing some other thing. So I felt like... Movies weren't taken very seriously on cable, basically. And all of a sudden, when you put TVs and movies on the same platform, um, then it's like the the boundary between them kind of disappeared at one point. Yeah. You know? Media is media. Yeah. 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 Because for a while, I'm pretty sure Netflix was just movies. But then they're like, hey, you can throw TV shows on there. And video games for a time. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then, yeah. So, and then, of course, Netflix started doing their own original productions. And then that's when it really took off from there because what was their first I know the first big one was House of Cards um, what about Orange is the New Black was that one that one came shortly after that's I think. also very popular yeah. Stranger Things that's not, that's Netflix that came that came after. way later but it's, but, it's, but it's Netflix like yeah, it's that's one of the biggest things yeah. that they yeah. have right yeah. now but that basically and the Marvel TV shows what, once, yeah. once they proved that they could do it and like oh we can keep doing this and then once they proved Black that Man. they could keep doing it then you've got Hulu in the mix you've got Amazon in the mix You've got um, YouTube. YouTube. Uh, yeah, that's true. YouTube is trying to jump on that. And I'm predicting, totally out of left field, Walmart's going to jump in this mix too, simply for the fact that Walmart and Amazon are constantly trying to outdo each other because Walmart's the dominant company in retail and Amazon's the dominant company in e-commerce. So everything that Amazon does, Walmart wants to do. And everything that Walmart does, Amazon wants to do. So I'm willing to bet that Walmart's going to start making their own movie productions. As silly as that sounds, they're going to do it. I mean, when I when someone first told me, hey, Amazon's going to start selling groceries, and they then they, boom, bought Whole Foods. I'm like, oh, I guess it's not as weird anymore. Yeah, so, like Amazon's like trying to get retail stores. They're yeah. still testing out their beta one. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, so, so in yeah, closing I'm, remarks, I, I'm, I'm excited for yeah. the movie. And I, <laughs> The Wait. movie was Ready Player One, by the way. Yes. Yeah, yeah the, Ready Player One. Uh, so oh. I love the book. Book's great. Um, did you listen to the audio version or did you actually read it? Oh, I read it. Did that, uh, on the second go through, second playthrough, uh, listen to the audio version because Will Wheaton voices it. Who's Will Wheaton again? You don't know Will Wheaton. Okay. Sounds you, familiar. You know who he is. Okay. Sounds familiar. Right. Yeah. Are you is being he on YouTube? Are you being serious right now? You no. don't know who Will Wheaton is? No, I know the name. I just don't yeah. remember. Who, are, you, who are you actually being serious right now? Will Wheaton? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, where do I go from there? Um, did you watch Big Bang Theory? He's a guest. He's kind of a guest star in there. Will Wheaton is like one of the OG like Star Trek actors first of all he's okay. a huge face wait whoa, 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 whoa. is it Wesley no 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 hold, hold, hold. Uh, Wesley was your previous no 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 no, no. Wesley, Wesley 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 uh the the kid in Star Trek Next Generation was it that one I think so I'm not a huge Star Trek fan really yeah but he, he's on there um he's like the face of like the geek like you know Matt Mercer is the guy for like the yeah. D&D like Will Wheaton is like the guy for like just general geekdom and they I probably will recognize his face but by the way they're all on their phones right now looking at Will Wheaton this uh, kind of makes me sad no I'm sorry yeah I'm, I'm in the same place that's Will Wheaton you you know Will Wheaton he looks familiar he looks familiar oh, well anyway he does a good job with audiobook ready player one okay yeah so um but yeah so the book is good uh hopefully the movie will be good um this is a really rich and fantastic story and I would definitely recommend it to people and yeah yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And the, the reason why I was like, well, how do we get off on this crazy tangent is, yes, I do think that TV shows 
are the way to go if you're looking for accurate like novel representations. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So or manga. However, yeah. that being said, I don't think that's gonna take away for I'm expecting this to be a good movie. I'm um, because yeah, I think what people need to do is that they need going to ex going into this expecting the right things. So expect to have a good time, but don't expect to compare it to the books because it's probably just not going to. So yeah, probably it's definitely not going to compare to the books. Oh no, no, the, I just again watch it for the fan service. Fan service, yeah. basically. Yep, fan service. Expect it's, those trailers are already fan service. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. so he was Wesley Crusher in uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. Ah, got it. That little punk. Punk. Shut <laughs> right. up, Wesley. I'm going to turn Gary. Hey. Excuse me, Gary. <laughs> Gary. It's okay. I think we always do it this All right, time. so, yes, uh, this is Kyle speaking now, for those who don't know. Um, who hasn't been listening for the last 40 minutes? Yeah, yeah. No, I was expecting hey, like a if, if you just tuned out, like if you were just about to go to the bathroom, get back here. Yeah. Kyle speaking now. Yeah, yeah. You, you stop multitasking now. You listen very intently <laughs> to what Kyle has to say. You bring the bathroom. To what you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, before we derail completely, call out you yeah. old people who are listening to us on the toilet right yeah. now. <laughs> um, I I'm Kyle, and uh, I know these two goons because well, we met through similar interests. Cosplay. Uh, yeah. I also cosplay. Uh, play video games. I play D and D. I'm just general jack of all trades, but very bad at everything. Geek. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so. My topic of discussion is actually, um, since you guys basically covered, like, I, I, I'm going to defer to you guys for, like, MCU movies, um, yeah. Nintendo, and, the, yeah. The, the easy bearing fruit yeah. of pop culture yeah. topics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring to um, Inconceivable more of the anime slash video game side. Do it. Thank um, you. I try. Yeah. I try. Yeah. I can't, I, yeah, I've done it once or twice. Because, yeah. like, I'm... Huge weeb, so uh, my topic of discussion is actually going to be, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of it, it's called One Punch Man? I, yes. Yes. I, okay. I, you have, you guys have heard of it? Rewatching it now, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm Great. very yeah. familiar with it. <laughs> don't play. He's playing very sassy with yeah. us right now. <laughs> so, um, a One Punch Man is, like, one of the, I guess, mainstream animes to hit the anime market. Like, it's one of those animes I suggest to people who have never heard of anime before. Yeah. Like, you like action, you like like cool flash things watch one punch Man. it unapologetically yeah. breaks the mold yes actually that, that's gets that's my topic so one punch man is technically a genre called the shonen genre for those who don't know the shonen genre is a genre in anime and i guess manga where it's very much directed towards a young male audience where it's like high action like tournament arcs up the wazoo fights 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 a uh, little bit of dialogue back to the fights 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 <laughs> so like, it's basically One Punch Man to the T. Now, what I love about One Punch Man is that it does things that Shonen does, but in a way that almost pokes fun at it. So, to really preface this, I'm not a huge Shonen fan. It's only recently I started watching One Punch Man in Macadamia, aka My Hero Academia, <laughs> because, like, they do things that the old Shonens I grew up with, so, like, you know, DBZ, Bleach, mm. uh, Naruto, like, they do stuff that those big three did, but better. In a way that I wouldn't say almost opposite, but very similar, but in a better way, a younger and sexier way, if you will. So, I would say One Punch Man does things that the typical shonen tropes do, but they kind of poke fun at it. So, mm. uh, if you guys don't know, I'm a huge into anime tropes. Uh, <laughs> shout outs to my Ruby is an anime panel. 
if you guys have uh, listened to heard of it, uh, I think you guys like the kind of. I was there for part of it and then yeah. I left. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Oh, the, the, you had obligations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why did you leave? It was a great panel. Yeah. <laughs> so um, huge panelist, and I love talking about anime tropes. And this this is a topic I always want to talk about, but I never wanted to put the effort to make a panel out of. So, One Punch Man. Thank you. Thank you for dropping in to to grace us with this then with this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not glad, good enough for a I, panel I'm, I'm yeah. glad that we could fill in as your plan B for well because I don't need to do like a special powerpoint or I don't need to like you know I want a powerpoint now where's my powerpoint yeah I'm sorry we're, clearly we're getting cheaped out on here we can't we can't afford Kyle's grade A work here uh, sorry yeah yeah my bad anyway we're not good enough so one of my favorite shonen tropes is um goes with the game I explain when I watch anime I like to play a game who's the main character. <laughs> and what what before like like what is a huge giveaway or obvious sign that they're the main character? Uh Will, what what, what do you think? Freaking is? hair. The hair. <laughs> yeah. Alex? I'd probably say if they're out of the main if they're in the forefront of the poster. Yeah. Oh the poster. Okay. Fair. I think. Yeah, no no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so I'm I'm actually gonna say Will is the correct answer. Uh the hair. And what I guess spoilers is Saitama for One Punch Man's hair situation look like. Of the fact that he has none? <laughs> he has none. <laughs> He's bald. And this, I think, is very much on purpose. Does he even have eyebrows? Mm. Yes, he does. Okay. But only when, kind of does. Only when like, scenarios like that, like blank face, he does, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. all, it's like situational eyebrows. It, it, blink and you miss it. <laughs> like, he, he, it's there. He, it's, it's like there. the shadow of where your brow comes. I guess. Oh, yeah. Over He's your head. basically hairless. But like, I would say he that he is hairless. He said it himself. I would say that the manga artist's um, intention to, of Saitama is very much an everyday man. Like he would never be a main character design. Bald. I think he's wearing like a yellow jumpsuit with like yeah. basically like red like washing gloves. Basically. He does. He does have a cape though. That's the one exception they have. No capes. <laughs> no capes. That's my one disagreement. Anyway, <laughs> very much an everyday man, and I believe he did that on purpose because like in other genres of shonen like. That's not the main character. Yeah. Never but in one punch, he's the main character. Deal with it. So yes. Yeah, so uh, the whole who's the main character hair trope, not there. And the whole everyday man being the hero, while that is a trope, they do it to the point of absurdity, which brings us to my next point. The title of the anime is called One Punch Man. This is because he resolves all of his fights with, as you guessed, one punch asterisks with one specific exception but spoiler territory <laughs> so if you watch one punch man you know all of his fights from monster of the week to anything it's settled with one punch and on paper that sounds boring like oh fights must last two yeah. seconds that's literally the first time i thought i was like what how, how do you make a plot <laughs> yeah yeah where's the story where's where's the story where's the plot uh, uh, cough op character <laughs> yeah like he's the most op thing in the world and what i love about it is that they like the enemy does it well like you watch it and you keep watching because like oh like yeah you 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 know he's gonna end each fight with one punch mm -hmm. but you keep watching anyway <laughs> like why am i still watching this yeah <laughs> and it's because it's executed in such a way that's so amazing now this is stark contrast to say dbz and you know sorry cody if you're listening to this but i'm gonna poke fun at dbz here <laughs> oh there's a uh scene in dbz that's like infamous on the internet for being a meme where um, it's like the, the setup of the meme is like, oh, how long does it take to do this? Oh, it's probably shorter than the amount of time it takes Goku to charge up his spirit bomb. <laughs> because it, uh, growing up watching DBZ, it felt like it took about 20 episodes, give or take, for 
you know, including including commercials for Goku to charge up his spirit bomb to annihilate Frieza. Like it's like him standing with his arms like this, having a casual conversation with Frieza. And I'm and first of all, like that's boring. Right. Like that's where the meme come from. Like this fight literally took like twenty episodes. And One Punch Man, two seconds. One punch every time. So one of the things with the what is it called again? A show shonen. A shonen. The genre shonen. So with that, it does it usually have the main character uh, progressively growing stronger, learning more. Yes. Um, so with with One Punch Man, Saitama, he's already there. He's yeah. as strong as he can, I think, get possibly. This brings me to my next third point. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> See, uh, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. So. Um, a huge um, guilty pleasure of mine is training montages. And in every shonen anime, there is some sort of training montage that's sure. like super extravagant. For example, Goku literally training in a time machine to that alt can also alter gravity to get stronger. Um, what other like uh, Hunter Hunter? Um, okay, you, uh, you talk about Hunter Hunter. Yeah, what does, uh, what does he do? Uh, let's see. So I haven't watched it. So I forget the names <laughs> of them. Um, <laughs> Gun and um, his other friend—they're basically learn. They—they're constantly learning how to uh, get better at um, just all this different stuff, and they're learning like, oh, we have this power within us that makes us able to do this and this, but it depends on what your personality is or something. So, one of the characters is able to basically uh, uh, create electricity out of his body. Now, like that would usually like short circuit somebody, but because he has been like. Condition because he's basically part of a family of assassins. Yeah, he's able to handle it. So that's that's one uh, so, example. So like just these, these crazy extravagant training regiments that yeah, you oh, wouldn't yeah, normally. Yeah. And these are like young kids too. Yeah, yeah. So. My so, Hero Academia. He's freaking clearing a beach of trash. Yes, basically. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Deku. Yes, it's very kind of like yeah. Deku literally clearing a beach of like giant trucks essentially. But like a, like beach. a landfill yeah. kind of trash. Yeah. Not yeah. like oh, there's like plastic litter, bags. It's not litter. litter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. no, there's fridges yeah. and like. Dump trucks. Oh, yeah. But, like, my point is there, where, like, it's some crazy thing. Oh, yeah. What does Saitama do? 100 squats, <laughs> 100 kilometer run, 100 push ups. That was like a 10 kilometer run. Yeah. 100 push ups, yeah. 100 sit ups. Basically, something squats. you do, I guess, now, but you probably die in the process, but you can do it. Like, I can do a squat right now. I cannot clear a whole. Trust me, I can do a squat <laughs> right now. Yeah, one, <laughs> only, only, only one, only one. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. like, I'm, but I can't clear a beach of garbage. Yeah, of cars and fridges, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's again One Punch Man just playing down that training montage trope where, yeah, like there's even a scene where like, oh, how did you get so strong? I did these things on the keto diet. I, it's something like that. I yeah, just yeah. watched that episode and actually it, it was funny because he was just like, all right, you guys have to listen very closely to what I'm about to say. He upplays you it. You have to, it. you know, make sure that you follow this regime to the, like. The or yeah, uh, I think Genos was asking him this. Yeah, 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 yeah Genos, yeah. and then a, a bunch of other, a couple of other characters, and they're just like hanging on his every word, and he's just like one hundred sit ups, one hundred push ups, yeah. one hundred uh, squats, and yep. then a ten kilometer run every single day for three years. No AC, <laughs> no AC, <laughs> and no uh, heating in the winter, so he can condition his body more. Yeah, yeah. Even if you feel like you're dying, just do it every single day, and they're just like, are you serious? Yep. Is that it? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's Saitama just one giant middle finger to those ex absurd training montages. We're like, yeah, I just do these things. So, which leads into my next point. I, I just again, do Alex. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> next point is, despite this like almost mundane training regiment, he is literally the most powerful being out arguing the universe. And 
Season two's coming out, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So what I love about that is brings to another cool point that one of my favorite anime YouTubers, Giga, mentions, is that the reason why Macadamia did so well, and I think I talked about this to you guys because you watched the video with me, Yeah, is that what it does in today's Shonen as opposed to the DBZ era Shonen is that a huge issue with Shonens is something called power creep. Mm-hmm. So explain what power creep is. It's whenever the protagonist is facing a difficulty he cannot like handle, mm-hmm. uh, an obstacle, all he needs to do is get stronger to overcome it. And he keeps doing that over and over and over at one point where it's like, where does it end? Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, example is Ichigo from Bleach, where he literally becomes like a god, where he has like all the powers in existence in the Bleach universe. And then if you ever went back to episode one, you'd be like, "Whoa, we've we've gone places, man!" Exactly. <laughs> like this is not Kansas anymore. Yeah. So, um, what I loved about to n- almost mitigate that power creep trope is that what Macadamia does and what One Punch Man does is that it sets a very clear and defined ceiling mm-hmm. of power. Like this is the ultimate thing. You cannot get stronger than this because this is it. Um, Macadamia did that by revealing the number one hero, All Might. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's stronger than All Might. It's, be- it's because he's All Might. He's yeah. the strongest, he's the best, he's everything. So Deku follows his footsteps to become that hero. But, like, he, he has something to reach towards. Like, he has that, that goal to reach. Mm-hmm. In One Punch Man, Saitama is that All Might. Saitama is the All Might. He's the strongest hero, it, like, conceivable. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. Inconceivable. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so that completely, like, throws a little wrench in that shonen trope. So, I guess, to really bring it back to One Punch Man, like, would you, like, or you know not just One Punch Man, just anything in general, when something is, like, a parody of the thing it's making fun of, does it become the thing it's making fun of itself? Like, would you consider, sh- like, One Punch Man something that almost makes fun of shonen tropes, a shonen itself, because right. it still does those things, but makes fun of, like, me, like... Saying, uh, well, you like food metaphors, so like me saying, oh, yeah, like me saying, like, oh, I love pasta, but I hate those, like, re- like bow tie ones. Like, 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 but then I eat the bow tie ones, like, oh, look, I said I hate this, but actually, you know, I'm eating it now, haha, <laughs> so funny. It's like, does that discredit me saying I love pasta? I don't know, that's really deep. Actually. Like, <laughs> I'm, I apologize, but like, it's a, good, it's a fun discussion topic, like, when, when. When, Wait, at so what point? I, my, I think a better analogy for me is like the Deadpool movie. So sure. it's like, is it a hero movie? He's making fun of superhero movies, but it's still kind of a superhero movie. Yeah. So is it still a superhero movie? Yeah. Or so at what point else? does something... At uh, what point is satire discounting it from its own genre? Yes. Like, yeah. And I'm, I'm not asking for like a definitive line. No. I'm like, what do you guys think? I'm trying personally? to think if there's ever actually been that case when something has been so satire was actually taken out it taken itself out of the genre it was making it was mocking basically yeah um because usually that's that's the whole point with this kind of style that it's doing the whole fourth wall break per se where it's very meta yeah yeah, very meta and like we're in the category making fun of the things within said category yes and it's because we're in that category that it makes it extra funny that we're making fun of said things um but I'm trying to think if there's ever been something where it actually did that to the point where it just left the genre category, if you will, altogether. And I'm, I feel like there is an example, but I can't. I f- not. I, I feel like there is because I feel like there must be. You know, I feel like there must be an example of this somewhere, but I don't know of one personally. Okay. Um, yeah. 
I think a close one. This is gonna sound really random. Um, is Top Gear? Top Gear is a British mm. uh, car show. You you're familiar with that? I don't think you. I know I know Top Gear. Yeah. yeah, where it's it's a car show, but they just do so much dumb crap and adventures that it, like almost isn't a car show anymore. Like I like cars, but I'm not. I don't like cars that much. You want to watch the car show? You want to watch it for like the cars, right? I, I have a mild interest in cars, where I'm entertained by all the educational stuff, but mostly I'm there for the entertainment by the by the people who are in it. Mm -hmm. That's, but it's still technically a car show. It is really close to to not being that. Um, that's the closest thing I can think of, but it still doesn't leave the genre altogether. Okay. Um, I feel like there's an there's maybe an animated show because animated shows like we've seen with anime specifically really takes it extra far, um, and well, then like, I mean it, anime in itself is always over the top, so right, yeah, pretty much exaggerated. Um, hmm. Camp Camp loves making fun of other um, children esque shows, but that's it's almost a different kind of thing where it's not really... Well, it's, it's adult it's, cartoons, basically. It's very, happy. very adult. Right. Yeah. I was not expecting that when you introduced me to that. It's hilarious, yeah. dude. Um, yeah. I would highly recommend Camp Camp to older audiences. This yeah. is not something for... Not for children. Not for kids. Yeah. Just saying. I'd kind of say the same thing for the book Ready Player One. No. But yeah. Yeah. The movie should be fine. But yeah, no, that's... I'm going to definitely think about that. Because I feel like I, f I would be surprised because with the amount of media that because this doesn't apply to just anime this applies to all sorts yeah, of all, media all media so um, I bet you there's actually I bet you there's examples out there for music where music tries to recreate something in a certain genre but then to the point where it makes a new genre in on its own um, that's something that I was thinking actually is like it might be a, it might be a satire of a shonen um but then it might be redirecting and recreating what a shonen is exactly, so making it into like a different form, mm. as opposed to it being like a complete uh, satire. Okay. But still being so it's, it's the same but different in, in some way. I think. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I love um, that one. Yeah. Because I think a shonen like it it's it's sort of like accumulated over time. Like it, or like a shonen is this and it's this and this and then it might be redirecting it in a different way. Well, when you mentioned that, and that makes me think of Guardians of the Galaxy, where basically it's not as much satire, but it's like, hey, we're taking your traditional superhero movies, and we're saying we don't care about the rules because we can do it this way, mm -hmm. and then make it something better, and then guess what? The entire industry took notice, and now the game has been changed. You yeah. know? I mean, screw the rules; they have money. Yeah. Shout out to Kaiba. Though the weird thing about that 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 wasn't satire; that was just them doing what they. Wanted for the direction. It was of redirecting the movie. what it means yeah. to be a superhero movie. So I bet you there definitely has been instances where, I mean, in a way, you, you might be able to argue that Rick and Morty has done that, where there's a crap ton of satire, but it has also effectively changed the game for that type of show. Like, it's been like Family Guy and The Simpsons for the longest time when it comes to adult comedy animated shows, and Rick and Morty effectively. D did tons of satire and like fourth ball breaks up regarding those types of shows and more than just animated shows but then it also changed the game as far as what the audience now wants and expects yeah. you know okay 
Um, no, I, I like both those points, yeah. Actually, my original point was actually going to be something different, but Alex, you bring, bring a great point that <laughs> everyone almost like add on to. Are we, are we breaking out of your own? Yeah, <laughs> seriously, yeah. Um, this is the biggest fourth wall break ever. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Okay, so Alex, you said that like, like I, and there's actually a saying, I can't quote it right now, but like people would say like satire is almost like the the uh, the person, the, the, the guinea pig of like breaking or reestablishing or reforming these boundaries of these genres mm. like satire is one of those things where like yes you make fun of these tropes and all these things but like if it's done well and in a better way who said that oh well this boundary you just broke well now it's a new one you just established yeah <laughs> yeah so that's why earlier uh, i didn't want a definitive like answer to like oh well uh satire is uh still satire if x equals z but it's still it's not this trope or not the genre if it meets Y condition like stuff like that because mm. it, it, it's always evolving mm -hmm. uh, as Alex said like satire was always pushing that boundary to constantly break those boundaries and then uh, in, inevitably reform those boundaries so yeah Shonen back then is not the same I mean, it's similar to the Shonen today it's but grown it's grown mm -hmm. and in a almost better way yeah so yeah so it's a great way to end my segment. So, so, geez, I'm that, pretty impressed that I was able to do that this late at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, wow. that got an, an unexpectedly philosophical. No, absolutely. It, it's I really wanted to pad out my segment. That's why. So I I, I really <laughs> smashing. I'm still, I'm, I'm, st I'm still I, I will still be thinking about all of this later on actually because yeah. I'm I'm willing to bet that there is a movie example where it it does exactly what we were just talking about. Mm. Um, but man, good stuff. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. I'm glad you enjoyed my first topic. Yeah. of I'm glad you were able to join us. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, this, this is yeah. great having you on here. Yeah. Um, you of course doing panels like this is Probably easy. A lot. You know, <laughs> as you've already expressed, it's child's play. I did not say yeah. that verbatim, <laughs> but yeah. Wow. No, honestly, look, I just I love talking about things I'm interested in, and you know, meme tropes, especially mm. anime tropes. I'm a huge fan of that. So. You know, like, I love just talking about these things, even if it's just to you two guys. Yeah. Like, you actually, like, talk back to me as opposed to panels where it's always, if yeah. at all, at the Q&A we're, we're here for a discussion, so that's yeah. why when we talk about things, if you got, if you listeners haven't figured out already, we bring something to the table that we really want to talk about, but it's something that we don't want to just talk about. We want to discuss. You yeah. know, we want input, because, like you had, like, you didn't really necessarily have a set end goal. It's like... I, I need some holes filled in here and there in this kind of discussion, and I know that you guys can, you know, do that We want me. you to talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. And we hope that, you know, in a way you feel like you're taking part of that discussion. Yeah, I mean, like, if anything I said was, like, wrong in your opinion, I love talking to people. Just don't turn it into, like, a flame war. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, my handle on Instagram is kupokyle underscore cosplay. Shameless suffering. Hit him up. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, my name is Kyle. And you can typically find me with these two nerds at conventions and um, at my panels. Um, my, premier, yeah, my, my premier ones are Ruby is an anime and um, the Jean Arc panel. The Jean Arc, including the uh, compared to Deku? Or is that. No, c compared to uh, the Hercules. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, uh, I am in the process of making another panel right now. I guess a little teaser. Would nice. be a Ruby. It's not a Ruby panel. Shock. A Ruby panel uh, about how uh, familiar ties play an important role in the main cast, the Ruby Girls. Mm. So awesome. uh, yeah, 
Awesome. Well, Courtesy this... of the Kali cosplayers from Katsukon. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, this certainly won't be the last time we have on here. Um, I hope not. Yeah, no, it was great. So until next time he comes back, I hope you liked him because we certainly liked him and we'll definitely have him back at some point. Um, if you haven't, if you like our podcast, if you also, we kind of tease cosplay in there. If you also like cosplay, you should also check out our uh, new podcast called Coscast, where Woo! we talk about all things cosplay. Um, we have myself, uh, we have Alex, and we have our friend uh, Nick, also known as Seneca, on the socials. So, yeah, you can find that now on all your favorite um, podcast platforms, including Google Play Music, uh, iTunes, um, and all your other uh, random, because there's like a million of them now, uh, podcasting uh, apps. So, yeah, if you like cosplay, go check that out. It's pretty cool. That's all we have for today. Yep. Hope you had a good time. I had a good time. Yeah. Yep. And we'll see you next time. So Bye-bye. Stay kind, geeks. Yeah. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone.